Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. So this post started off as an article about some recent research on why we like the music we do and how some of it is related to the persona of the musician and not just the music itself, which I thought was pretty interesting because it seems to speak to the importance of letting more of our personalities shine through in social media, on stage, and backstage, instead of presenting only the highly polished, sanitized, professional version of ourselves. But somehow that led me to Parks and Recreation writer Harris Whittle's Best of Humblebrag lists, which then prompted a search to see if there might be any research on humblebragging, which led me to discover that there actually is some research on humblebragging. So now this article has transmogrified into a two-part series exploring what the research says about how we should be posting on social media. As in, what's the best way to share news about upcoming performances we're really excited about? or our latest career wins, or baking or cooking victories, or the sweet thing our partner did for us today, or the crazy cute thing Fido did just now, without being annoying or irritating and irking all of our friends. I figured this would be an interesting thing to take a closer look at, and not just because everything we do nowadays is online or involves social media, but because bringing up Harris Whittles also gives me an excuse to post a link to my most favoritist Parks and Rec clip ever which otherwise would have nothing to do with anything. I'm not going to play that clip here, of course, because you kind of have to see it to appreciate it. But if you go to the article at bulletproofmusician.com slash blog, you can totally check it out there. So anyhow, whether it's a job interview, first date, orchestra rehearsal with a new stand partner, or our Instagram feed, we know that how others see us does matter quite a bit. So aside from those days where we really just don't care and take out the trash wearing our 25-year-old scarlet and gray zebra-striped zubas, we usually make an effort to present ourselves effectively to others, something psychologists call self-presentation. Along these lines, we tend to have two fundamental desires, a desire to be liked by others and a desire to be respected and seen as competent. The tricky thing, of course, is that each of these goals requires the use of a different set of strategies. For instance, most of the strategies that increase our likability 
tend to be other-focused and involve making others feel seen and heard, like doing something nice for them, helping them out of a bind, or agreeing to do a favor, or complimenting or flattering them to make them feel good, or agreeing with their opinions to make them feel validated. Humility is another useful likability-enhancing strategy, like attributing our success to luck or the help that we received from various colleagues, teammates, or mentors, instead of making it seem like we are so awesome that we did it all by ourselves, or acknowledging our limitations and underselling our achievements. Research suggests that these sorts of strategies make us more likable because they make others feel more comfortable and experience less of a need to compare themselves to us. Complaining, when used sparingly, can also be a useful strategy, in that expressing to another that we're tired, sick, or feeling overwhelmed can elicit sympathy and help us seem more relatable. Plus, confessing these things and being more vulnerable in this way also makes others feel closer to us. In complaining about the same things, like an annoying coworker or the irritating thing the guest conductor did in rehearsal and so on, can also increase that sense of closeness. Gaining others' respect, on the other hand, tends to involve a different set of strategies. Strategies that center around convincing others that we know what we're doing. For instance, attributing success to personal characteristics rather than sharing credit with others or chalking it up to luck or circumstance. We might even exaggerate things a bit or claim credit for things that might not really have been due to us alone or tell stories or anecdotes that make us look accomplished, steering conversations in a way that enables us to share a flattering story about ourselves. The interesting thing about the research in this area is that most of the research out there looks at how to do one or the other. There's not so much research on how to achieve both likability and respect at the same time, because balancing these two things is awfully tricky. Like, if you push too hard on the bragging side of things, you run the risk of coming across as overly self-promotional or conceited, which is going to sink your likability. On the other hand, if you're too humble or self-deprecating, People might like you okay, but fail to realize just how accomplished or qualified or awesome you actually are, which could result in your being overlooked or passed over for teaching or performance gigs, business opportunities, and so on. And this is where humble bragging comes into play, because the intent of a humble brag is to achieve both respect and likability in one fell swoop. How's that? Well, the idea is to establish our competence by bragging a bit about the cool thing that we just achieved but still come across as likable by masking that brag in a little bit of humility or in a complaint. Something like, I lost so much weight, I need to get new clothes on top of all the things I need to do. Or, I don't know why my friends are always asking me to sing for them. I don't sound that great. In theory, this does seem like a pretty clever technique that could potentially kill two birds with one stone. But does it actually work? Like, do we get a boost in both respect and likability, or does this just work in one area, or neither? A team of researchers ran a series of nine studies to learn more about the phenomenon of humble bragging. The first few studies had to do with the frequency of humble bragging. And as you probably already know from personal experience, humble brags are pretty common. In general, there was a 45% chance that participants would encounter one on any given day of the week, and on average, Participants reported coming across just over two humble brags per week. For what it's worth, about 59% of humble brags were of the complaint variety, such as, 
I hate that I look so young, even a 19-year-old hit on me. While 41% were the humility type, like, I don't understand why people hit on me when I spend 10 minutes getting ready. Okay, so humble brags are common, but what sort of impact do they have on how others treat us? Well, the researchers sent a research assistant into eight different coffee shops near various colleges. She approached 113 random college students, asking if they would sign a petition to support a student-run food truck on campus during the upcoming summer. After explaining why she was collecting signatures, she casually asked, What are you up to this summer, by the way? And after listening to the participants' responses, she then responded with either a normal brag or a humble brag. The normal brag being, That's cool, I got my dream internship and got funding to travel to Paris. And the humble brag being, That's cool, I got my dream internship and got funding to travel to Paris. Ugh, it's so hard to decide which one to choose. Then she asked if they would sign the petition. So did bragging or humble bragging have any impact on whether participants were willing to sign the petition? Indeed there was. In the bragging condition, about 86% of the participants agreed to sign the petition. In the humble brag condition, only 65% of the participants provided their signature. So this would suggest that we're more likely to get people's help with something when we brag in a more straightforward way than when we humble brag. But this study only looked at complaint-based humble brags. Maybe humility-based humble brags work better? In the next study, the researchers recruited just over 400 participants and asked them to evaluate five different brags or humble brags, all of which were actual humble brags pulled from the internet. Some of the participants were presented with complaint-based humble brags, like, so I have to go to both Emmy Awards, two dresses, I hate when first class is no different than coach, hashtag waste of money. Others were presented with the regular brag version of these humble brags, like, I am going to both Emmy Awards. I'm flying first class. Another group of participants were presented with humility-based humble brags, like, just getting to book review section, forgot I had a book out. Seeing it on New York Times bestseller list is a thrill. It is pretty funny. Or, I just received an award for my teaching. Hashtag what? And then a final group was presented with the regular brag version of the humility-based humble brags. Like, my book is a New York Times bestseller. I just received an award for my teaching. Then, everyone was asked to rate how much they liked the person who posted these statements on a 1 to 7 scale, where 1 equals not at all and 7 equals very much. They were also asked to rate the perceived sincerity of that person on the same 1 to 7 scale, answering the questions, how sincere do you think this person is, and how credible do you think this person is? And then they were asked to rate the person's competence on a 1 to 7 scale. And what did they find? Well, participants rated the humble braggers as being less likable than those who engaged in more straightforward bragging. And they also rated the complaint-based humble braggers as being less likable than the humility-based humble braggers. Humble braggers were also rated as being less competent than the straightforward braggers. And complaint-based humble braggers were seen as less competent than humility-based humble braggers. Humble braggers were also seen as being less sincere than straightforward braggers, with complaint-based humble braggers coming across as less sincere than humility-based humble braggers. 
So the main takeaway for me from this is that even though we might be tempted to use humble bragging as a way to be seen as competent, yet remain likable, it actually fails to do either. And we're better off just straight up bragging without trying to be all crafty about it. And if we had to choose between the two types of humble brags, humility-based humble brags do seem to be the way to go. But again, straightforward bragging, while perhaps not the sort of thing we want to do all too often, does seem to be a much more effective way to go about promoting our accomplishments and achievements than either type of humble brag. But why is that? How is it that humble brags manage to not only make us less likable, but also appear less competent? Well, the researchers dug into the numbers a bit deeper and found that humble bragging causes us to take a huge hit in one key area that has a significant effect on how people feel about us. Specifically, perceived sincerity. Apparently, humble bragging makes us come across as being less sincere, and being seen as insincere seems to be a big turnoff to others, leading them to like us less. So if humble bragging doesn't work, what are we supposed to do instead? Well, the authors suggest that this is where having a wingman can be pretty helpful, because if someone else brags for you, you get all the benefits of a brag with little downside. And failing that, regular old bragging is definitely better than humble bragging, because at least it comes across as being more genuine. At the end of the day, I don't know that research has come up with the perfect social media posting strategy that gets us everything we want quite yet, but a recent study did find at least when it comes to boosting our sense of well-being and increasing our positive emotions and mood, that there is a better and worse way to post on social media. And what might that be? Well, this is already about twice as long an article as normal, so I'm inclined to call it a day and pick up right here next week when we can explore these two strategies and get into some actionable takeaways as well. I know that's not exactly a cliffhanger, but I hope it does make you a little curious about what these two opposing strategies might be. And in the meantime, wishing you a happy, safe, and restful holiday. You can find links to this week's study and other resources at bulletproofmusician.com blog. And if you found the episode helpful, please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week. 